We can push as hard as we want. Our customers can push as hard as they want. This pandemic doesn't move. It is a static object right now. And we can do everything as an industry that we want to. And we're helpless until a treatment, uh, a vaccine, whatever your, you know, whatever your description is. And that's very different from Katrina. Katrina, it was how hard do you want to work to come back? Welcome to Scent Sliced Bread. I'm your host, Charlotte Atchley, Senior Editor of Baking and Snack. We're wrapping up Season 3 with a conversation about how to live in our new pandemic reality. Our guest today is someone who knows how to survive and rebuild after a storm. Sandy Wan, President of Leidenheimer Baking Company, led his family bakery through Hurricane Katrina in 2005. After the hurricane flooded 80% of the city, Sandy rebuilt the bakery, and after two and a half years, it was running at full capacity. Today, Leidenheimer Baking is enduring the coronavirus in New Orleans, an early hotspot in the U.S. He was willing to offer me some perspective on how lessons from Katrina are helping him carry on today. Welcome to Since Sliced Bread, Sandy. Thank you so much, Charlotte. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's start out by setting the stage. Um, how has the pandemic impacted Leidenheimer baking? A lot of your business is um, supplying food service. So how did that kind of impact production, demand? So in the early days of the pandemic, it was devastating. Our, our restaurant accounts, our hotels, everything that was uh, dependent on tourism and what was a very robust convention business basically disappeared. And I think like many, we were confused. Uh, We were shocked at how fast it happened. The city of New Orleans and the state of Louisiana uh, took fairly swift and decisive uh, measures because we were such an early hotspot for COVID-19. We had one of the earliest mass outbreaks at a uh, senior living facility. Uh, It was oddly enough, only five blocks from my house. So Everyone took it very seriously because in a small community like New Orleans, I, uh, we knew people who had contracted the disease in its very earliest days. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, unfortunately, it didn't take very long for us to also know people who uh, had succumbed to it, uh, which was wow. very, very sad. So we took it seriously. And like most situations, we began communicating with our customers. What are you seeing? What are you thinking? What's happening? Many of them were as confused as we were, but they knew that they had to shut their doors quickly. What did result as that business really vaporized uh, almost overnight, and that happened to us locally primarily, the grocery store business really popped. And I think that phenomenon happened throughout the United States. We don't have a large majority of our business uh, in the uh, the retail environment, but uh, I'm sure glad that we did have some. Was um, having that grocery business, did that kind of help keep Leidenheimer afloat during the shutdown? Uh, it helped keep us busy. You know, our, our goal from the beginning was, you know, to try to keep staff on payroll, productively occupied. And that certainly helped in that regard. Uh, we have our own route system 
and uh, it kept our salesmen uh, occupied. But at that point, running the bakery was more of a hobby than a real job. Right. Uh, it was <laughs> those early days were, uh, were, were were they were they were sad. They really were. So Leidenheimer, being based in New Orleans, the company has already been through and survived Hurricane Katrina back in 2005. How has the pandemic been similar to that experience? And in what ways has it been different? You know, the most striking similarity is these, these events that are completely out of our control at their core affect people. They affect mm-hmm. people before they affect companies. Yeah. Uh, you know, the impact on companies is a result of their affecting people. And I, I think that what we learned, what I learned after Katrina was that any problems that you wanted to address and solve for the company, you had to solve it for your people first. And that became very apparent to me early on in Katrina uh, as we had our employees spread across shelters throughout central and South Louisiana. We had people in Houston and Atlanta uh, just trying to get in touch with them was a challenge, uh, as you might guess. Trying to help them was an even greater challenge. Trying to get them back to work was a monumental challenge. So the pandemic definitely brought back some uh, memories of Katrina and of those early days. And Mm -hmm. it reminded me how important it was to communicate with our employees. The good news this time was they weren't spread out all over the place. They remained in town. They were sheltered in place in some cases, but we immediately reacted in terms of protective equipment, in terms of creating barriers between uh, employee workstations. We never shut the bakery down, nor did we want to, because getting it restarted after Katrina was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my career. Bakeries just don't do well when they sit, and Mm -hmm. uh, they do well when they're productive, fully staffed by people. And that was really my goal. But each individual had a different story, just like they did during Katrina. And for some who said to me, look, I live with my mom. You know, she's 80 years old and she's not in good health. I can't come to work. Well, as inconvenient as that may have been for me as the president of Leidenheimer, I had no choice but to have empathy there. I mean, and of course I said in your priorities, that's exactly the way it should be. You know, go do what you need to do. And the hope of course was when this thing got under control, that very valued employee would in fact come back to Leiden Armour and help us get out of this hole. And so that happened on a case by case basis. We tried to be, as understanding as we possibly could with each and every person's uh, circumstances. I will say that the expanded unemployment benefits, and and I am certainly not a political person, uh, apolitical if anything, but the reality of it was the additional unemployment benefits allowed people in New Orleans uh, 
it gave them the the flexibility of whether or not to return to a job. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I know that initially those benefits were meant to, you know, to supplement the incomes of, of people who had been laid off, but it did make it a bit of a challenge having conversations with people, uh, not many who said, you know, I'm making as much on unemployment as I am at the bakery. That was right. a challenge. That was, that was difficult to hear, but mm-hmm. you know, it was reality. In the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, supporting employees looked very different than it does during a pandemic. One of the biggest issues Leidenheimer faced was employee displacement, as much of its workforce was no longer in New Orleans or they were living in shelters. The bakery hired transportation to bring them from shelters to the bakery and even went as far as setting up temporary housing at the bakery. Seeing firsthand how the human reality of a disaster impacted operations prepared Sandy to support his employees today as they balance new challenges like health risks and loss of childcare. What other challenges have existed because of the pandemic that were not challenges during the Hurricane Katrina recovery? So, you know, the floodwaters that the breaking of our levee sent into New Orleans as a result of Katrina. The floodwaters stayed around for a little while, but the day after the storm, it was 97 degrees and 100% humidity and a bright, sunshiny day in New Orleans. I made it back to New Orleans about 10 days after the storm. And with some cleanup, you know, we knew that we could get things back up and going. And we knew that our customer base was going to get back up and going just right. as quickly as they could. Right. There, there was no certain date as to when that would happen. But we knew that the harder we pushed collectively, the sooner it would happen. Right. That's not the case here. We can mm-hmm. push as hard as we want. Our customers can push as hard as they want. This pandemic doesn't move. It is a static object right now. And we can do everything as an industry that we want to. And we're helpless until a treatment, uh, a vaccine, whatever your, you know, whatever your description is. And that's very different from Katrina. Katrina, it was how hard do you want to work to come back? Yeah, it's not so much, okay, the hurricane has passed and now we're in recovery. It's more of, okay, how do we live like this exactly. in this new reality? Exactly. And, and you know, business hates uncertainty, right? Oh, yeah. People, people don't like uncertainty. Yep. People right. don't like uncertainty and people don't like isolation. And I think that that's another reason why, you know, the workplace is so important. I mean, we talk about all of this, you know, remote working and, and all that sort of thing. And I, and I think it certainly has, uh, it's certainly applicable in a number of cases, but losing out on that interaction and missing the culture, uh, I think is something that our employees are definitely missing and they're eager to get back to it. Our office has been working remotely since the very first day. Uh, and, wow. for, and for a small bakery, 
might be surprising to some that we were ready to run uh, our entire back office operations remotely. But this is something that we tested and test uh, vigorously at least twice a year and uh, because of our threat of hurricanes. And we've had all of the technology in place for the last 10 years to do this. So literally, we put into place uh, our phase one emergency plan. And the next day, every person uh, was working from home seamlessly. And uh, so that was definitely an advantage. But I think I think the loss of, of that interaction has been very difficult. And uh, the loss of interaction with our customers on a regular basis has been very difficult mm-hmm. for us. So you you mentioned that Hurricane Katrina and the pandemic both start with people. Your emergency plan, your back office was ready to work remote. Were there any other ways or other lessons from Hurricane Katrina that have come in handy during the pandemic? Charlotte, I think that probably the most valuable lesson that that I learned during Katrina was patience. You know, nothing happens at the pace that we want it to happen. That That is just a reality when it comes to a situation of this magnitude. This pandemic, the uncertainty that it is that it has given all of us collectively as a country is very unsettling to us. Our society does not respond well to being told no. And I think that what Katrina taught me was that patience and perspective in times like these is of critical importance because I knew after a while with Katrina that the famous saying, this too shall pass, was in fact true. And I knew that from day one with this pandemic. I have complete confidence in the United States of America to rebound from this. I have confidence in our medical community, our scientific community to find an answer to this. But it's not going to happen on our time frame. It's not going to happen in the as promptly as we would want it to. So I, I think right. patience and, uh, and, and, uh, and never losing hope. Hope's very important. Thanks for listening to Scent Sliced Bread. We'd like to take a short break to tell you about Baking and Snacks newsletters. We know it's important for you to have timely access to vital industry information. With our newsletters, you can get key insights and breaking stories delivered directly to your inbox. Baking and Snack has newsletters for all aspects of the baking industry, from formulating and R&D to plant management and equipment innovations. Visit bakingbusiness.com slash newsletter underscore subscriptions to sign up and stay up to date with the latest news. And now back to the conversation. So let's talk about the recovery from Hurricane Katrina. What was critical to getting the bakery back up and running during that time? Sure. Well, you know, the number one was getting uh, our employee base in a position from a personal standpoint that they felt like they could turn away or turn their attention, I should say, from their family and in many cases rebuilding their destroyed homes to have the bakery play a role in their life again. 
And to some degree, what we touched on earlier about, you know, our, our employees taking care of their families uh, now, how do they deal with school when their yeah. children may not be going back to a physical school? So how do we get our people back where they can concentrate on returning to the bakery uh, and doing what they've done for so long for us and so well with all of these other things on their mind? And I think that is, is priority one, uh, is, is figuring out a way to, to be flexible enough to help them. And if that means, you know, someone needs to move from the night shift to the day shift or the day shift to the night shift, or we need to create some flexible schedules, we're going to have to entertain all of those things. Because I said, there, there's, there's no choice but to, but to have empathy and to have it in, in large supply. Yeah, that's what's been so unique about this current crisis is it's not just how do we keep our employees safe at the workplace from the virus, but also there's all this extra stress outside of the bakery that they're dealing with, whether a spouse has lost their job or they've lost their child care. It's just a whirlwind of stressors that will impact the bakery. There, there's absolutely no doubt about that. And it's unavoidable. It's yeah. unavoidable. So, you know, I described Katrina as a bit of a roller coaster. As soon as you, as soon as you think you're on that, that smooth downslope, you hit a steep incline. That's what this pandemic has been like, because, you know, we're living this through our customers, right? I mean, so go they, so go we. I mean, this is a, uh, this, this is a, it's a pretty simple formula for getting back. Uh, once they're healthy, we're healthy. And, right. but you know, as, as we seem to have flattened the curve in New Orleans uh, and the surrounding areas in Texas and Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, they relax restrictions. Uh, we move into phase two, maybe a part of phase three, and then all of a sudden it pops back and we're back to phase mm-hmm. two. It's not a straight line recovery. Nothing is a straight line recovery. This is not linear. And again, that goes back to patience. This is not going to go the way we want it to go. How do, how do you plan on adapting to that, that back and forth, that is it just about being extremely flexible and patient? We have to be. I mean, you know, we've done the very simple things like uh, we've reduced our product offerings. Uh, we've talked to our customers about the need for us to be as efficient as we can be in terms of our production runs. You know, we do a, a robust uh, frozen uh, food service business in many states around the country. Those larger companies have very different needs, very different uh, demands than our local neighborhood restaurant does. We have to be attuned to both. And since we only have one bakery and all of the product is coming out of that one bakery, we are juggling the needs of Fortune 500 businesses at the same time, we're dealing with basically a, uh, a micro economy in little tiny sandwich shops uh, that exist on neighborhood corners. And that's always been, from my perspective, the most enjoyable thing about what I do and what we do. You know, we, we get to deal with all kinds of people at all different levels of the economic spectrum. And that's what keeps life interesting. And so... That's what we have to do moving forward is we have to figure out how 
what are those triggers that are going to take us to the next level of whether it be operational complexity or adding shifts or whatever else it may be. But for our own economic and financial health, we can't, we can't take that step too quickly. Uh, we yeah. can't gear up. We, we are, it's, it's absolutely mandatory that we run as tight a ship as we can. Uh, and we did the same thing during Katrina. We have, we have really, we're back to bare bones. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Paycheck Protection, the PPP, uh, we were a recipient. And that was, I can't underestimate or uh, I can't tell you just how important that was in terms of allowing us to keep everyone on payroll. You know, I think that That's program awesome. was really designed for companies like mine, uh, yeah. small businesses that, that have long tenure and uh, in, in their employee base uh, and really wanted to keep our group intact. And uh, certainly up to this point, it's allowed me to do that. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And I know our employees are very thankful for that. But on, on, a, on a side note, you know, as, as everyone in the baking industry uh, was, was painfully aware, prior to COVID, we were dealing with the tightest labor market that I think most bakery executives had ever dealt with in their careers. Right. The, un the unemployment, you know, unemployment in this country was, for all intents and purposes, Charlotte, it was, it was zero. Everyone who had right. a job had one. And if for some reason you woke up in the morning, you didn't like your job, there were five more waiting for you. And it right. was very difficult. And we had conversation after conversation in this industry about how do we attract people in this business? I mean, it's hot. You work on holidays. It's seven days a week. You work, you know, you work at night. You know, that is the least attractive uh, set of uh, uh, criteria that you can imagine for a young person today. We still are going to have to deal with that. But pre-COVID, we were having so much difficulty attracting people. And my hope is, uh, this is selfish, but my hope is, is that folks who are looking uh, for work as the economy recovers will look at the baking industry for its incredible opportunities and for its stability. That's what's so important. And that's what our industry has to offer. I'm not saying that it's the most comfortable thing in the world or that working holidays is much fun or nights, but the stability that our industry has to offer, I really hope that we can communicate that successfully. So what does business at Leidenheimer look like now, months into this pandemic? At the beginning, restaurants shut down overnight, all that business evaporated. What's that look like today? So I think that the fact that we had a very diverse customer base, small neighborhood restaurants, sandwich shops, white tablecloth restaurants, our out-of-state, out-of-town frozen food service distributors around the country, all of these had and have different recovery paths. And the good news for us is, is that different segments of our customer base have come back faster than others. You know, I'll just tell you, it's no, it's no great secret. The tourist and convention-based businesses in the city of New Orleans are going to struggle 
for right. quite a long time. And that's the hotels, the restaurants in the French Quarter. Those are going to be our slowest segment of our sales mix to recover. And we knew that from day one. We knew that yeah. from talking to our customers. And we also knew that we also knew that the more uh, outlying suburban areas who relied strictly on organic business, their, their own neighbors, they were going to recover the fastest. And that's exactly what has happened. And that has been, that has been a great help to us. And we are getting back to a point now where I think I say that with a little bit of trepidation. I think that operationally and financially, we can continue on the footing where we currently find ourselves for the near future, not the long-term future, but the near future. Right. You know, the recovery from Katrina, we did not get back to our pre-Katrina sales level for almost two and a half years. So you learn wow. to, you learn to live without, you learn to, you learn to, uh, you learn to adapt, you learn to adjust. But again, it all starts with communicating with people. They want to know about the health of the company. They want to know about their future with the company. And I think that uh, the best thing that I can do uh, and that we can do as a company moving forward is to make sure that our success is based on the great folks that we have on our team and making sure that they're informed, making sure that they're comfortable, that they feel secure. That's what we tried to do after Katrina. And it's what we're going to try to do now and uh, moving forward. But like I said, patience, patience and hope, because that's what this is going to take uh, for businesses to make it through intact and be ready for the opportunities that lie on the other side. You know, that that's the one thing that we found after Katrina and that I think people should know about COVID. You know, all of these catastrophes, these, uh, these natural events, they all create opportunities at some point. And I think that that's what people need to remember, that these, these, uh, there are going to be opportunities that come from this. And it's important that you be ready to react to those. Uh, and again, to make sure that you and your operation are flexible enough to take advantage of them. may not be what you were used to doing. We took on products after Katrina that we never would have made had Katrina not hit. And now there's some of our better selling items. Wow. That's great. That's hope. When you're, when you're, uh, you know, someone told me a long time ago, when you're walking through darkness, make sure you don't miss any of the light. I think that is a great place to end our conversation, Sandy. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us um, Leidenheimer's story and how you guys are going to be moving forward in this new reality. Thanks for thinking of us. Uh, we appreciate uh, all that you and your industry do to support uh, the bakers. Thank you for listening to Since Sliced Bread. If you'd like to join the conversation, leave us a voicemail at 816-968-7772. Or you can record a message using the voice memo app on your smartphone. 
and email it to podcast at sosland.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Since Sliced Bread on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and drop us a review. Since Sliced Bread is a baking and snack podcast produced by Anna Weiber and hosted by Charlotte Atchley. Thanks again for listening.